Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and welcome. Let me let me stress this again. Welcome to another exciting edition, but a special birthday edition of Outside the Sheds. Yes, Shedheads, we are here this week celebrating not just the beautiful games that we both and all of us love. We are celebrating your Shed Adamus' birthday. That's right. I did not leave to go have a bender or to go have a drink or to go mainline on sugar. No, I am sitting here in the bunker, locked away to spend part of my birthday celebration with my shed heads from around the world. That's right. We are, we are celebrating together on this episode of Outside the Sheds. And guess what? I wouldn't want to be anyplace else. I would rather be here with you. Now, let me tell you, there's some very, very important people in my life, a very, very important person in my life, that she has more plans for me today than I know what to do with, and I'm excited for that. We're going to play a little table tennis, and I promise you, your Shed Adamas will come out on top. But besides that fact, I want to talk to you today. And it means a lot to me, and I think that shows you how much it means that I'm sitting here recording today uh, this episode of Outside the Sheds because the passion that I have for the games that we talk about and the passion that I have talking about it with you is what sometimes makes me get excited for the next week. And we all know, as long as we live in reality during this pandemic and don't think that it's any type of a hoax or anything like that, we all know that this has been a very trying time. And even our our unique friends that don't really grasp that, they know it's unique because they can't just do the normal things they want to do either. So we all need to look for those light, that little bit of light in the room, maybe that little hole that says it's a tunnel at the end. And guess what? In some ways, it is you, my shed heads, and this platform outside the sheds, which I have such a great time week in and week out talking to you guys and keeping the flow going. So with that being said, let's go over let's go over the draw. Let's go 40-20. Let's do 40-20. Let's get a perfect kick. Let's go Cleary from the left side of the field to the right. And let's just drill this thing. And that's what we're gonna do. Um, I want to start off by giving you the scores. Uh, your Shed Adamas broke 50, 50%, so you didn't lose any money unless you banked hard on a certain game. Uh, we played it right down the Mendoza line. We went 50-50 on this. And I think this week is where we turn the corner and we start going all over the top because right now we're just breaking even. Now, that's better than the West Tigers have been for the last uh, 10 seasons, but still, let's not talk about the Tigers right now. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. Um, but 50% again, this week's going to be a little bit better. We're gonna, wait a second. This week's going to be a lot better. It's my birthday week. It's going to be rocking. We're going to dominate. Let me say that again. We're dominating this week. So get ready. Get your pen and paper. Start looking through that Sears and Robot catalog. That was a joke. That was a way, way, way 
far back joke. But get that catalog open and start picking out something nice for you and the missus because we're going to bring home the victories this week. But this last week, we started off with the storm going, to, excuse me, that was, I'm looking at the wrong dates. Then we, yeah, well, we're still with the storm. Wait, wait a second, your Shedadamas is fine. We're still with the storm because the storm, for some reason, is going to play every Thursday till the end of time because they play tonight again. But the storm locked up with the Eels. And as we know, I had picked the storm to win that, but the storm went down. Uh, 16 to 12 to the Eels. I think the thing that's coming out of that match is the hit on Ryan Matheson that uh, a lot of people are asking to be removed from the game. I think we all know that these these players put their bodies on the line and their lives on the line to an extent without any type. You know, there's a vi- there's very few Matt Burtons out there that are running around with headgear on. Uh, I don't think a he- I don't think wearing a headgear makes you any less of a man. Uh, by any means, I think if you feel comfortable wearing a headgear, you wear headgear. Um, I know there's a code in some people's eyes that no one wears the headgear, but listen, uh, 20 years down the line, when you're not playing and you want to sit there with your children, your grandchildren, and you want to remember what everyone's name is, it might not be a bad idea. Um, I know that that's going to probably bring some friction from some people, but that being said, uh, what would happen? I'm saying if Brian Matheson would have been wearing a you know, a tiny little helmet. I know there's not much to them, but would that have prevented the damage that was done to him? Because that was a vicious hit. And if you watch it a number of times from different angles, it looked like a hit that could have just been a normal hit. But when you watch the elbow get driven down, um, really forcing um, Ryan Matheson's head to, you know, hit the ground, which is what a lot of people worry about with those tackles, that that snap effect when the head hitting uh, a solid ground, uh, solid substance like that, uh, the damage is done. So that is really the thing that's coming out of this. And I have not, um, I think he has not been listed for this week. Uh, I would be surprised if he has been for concussion protocols and so forth. Um, but that was that was vicious. But the Eels came out on top. The Eels played, they played smart football uh, and, and they came out on top. Then uh, the Knights beat the Warriors up at Central Coast. And I don't know. I just don't know what to what to really make of this Knights team. Mitchell Pierce, without the pressure of being captain on his back, has been playing some pretty good footy. But I just don't really know what the, how should I say this, what the real end result will be for the Knights. What, what you know, what, what, I know everyone wants to see them in the eight at the end of the season, but we really haven't had a lot. You know, they beat they beaten the Bulldogs now and they've beaten the Warriors. And I know the Warriors came off of a win week one and they look strong. And so you have to say that this was a good victory for the Knights. But, and, you know, and it's going to be tough for them to gauge this, this coming week because they're playing the Tigers. And they definitely should be the favorite in that match. But, you know, what does that really mean? And the Warriors, you know, was that just a smoke show in week one? Or is this team really, you know, and, you know, they've they've lost a big, a key loss in the halves with Defeat of Harris going down. So, um, you know, I think both these teams, we really don't know what we've got with them yet. Uh, the Broncos go down in the battle up there and up in Queensland. The Bulldogs, uh, excuse me, the Titans win 28-16 over the Bronx. The Panthers... Uh, once again, 
shut out another team and they they destroy the Bulldogs 28-0. The Rabbitohs beat Desi's boys 26-12 at, at Brookie. The Dragons go up to Townsville and beat the Cowboys 25-18. And again, makes you just question what's going up on, you know, what's going on up there in, in, in North Queensland, uh, up in Townsville. You know, I, I I do think Todd Payton is a good coach, and I think he's a coach that can do some good things with, with North Queensland. But boy, he's gonna have to start ironing some shirts because um, there looks like there's some positioning that needs to change up. You know, do we need to move Val Holmes back to fullback? I think there's some questions to be asked. Uh, well, do we even need to say this score? The Roosters 40, the Growl Roarless Tigers 6. And then in a really heated match, in a match that, man, we love this game, but it's a tough game, isn't it, Shedheads? Because a great, you know, a player that had a great week one in Chad Townsend, you know how much of a fan I am of Chad Townsend, just had a horrible day kicking the ball. And it cost them a victory. And it cost you and I going over the Mendoza line because if Chad Townsend slots some of those kicks, the Sharks beat the Raiders. But he doesn't, and the Raiders win 12-10. In a game, in a series, it's really becoming kind of a heated rivalry. I don't think there's any love lost between the Raiders and the Sharkies. And these games are always competitive. They always come down to some very, very key moments. And I really thought that the, that the Sharks were going to come up on top in that one, and they, they just didn't happen. But, again, that's why we play the games. But I really am looking forward to these two teams coming to battle uh, again here in the future. But, yeah, some, you know, I'm going to go into some, I guess, more talk about this last week that we had. And, uh, you know, some breaking news is coming out now that Cleary and Pappenhausen are both out for this match tonight between the, uh, between the, um, um, what am I trying to say? The, the big rematch between the Storm and the Panthers. And I think that is big. Um, you know, I do, I do know that means Matt Burton is coming in. So, again, I guess you can say that Ivan Cleary not letting Burton leave early to go to the dogs is something he can point back at and brush a little dust off his shoulders and go, see, this is why I didn't have Matt leave, because Matt can slot into six and he can slot into seven. And with Nathan being out tonight, now you still have Jerome Luai and, and Matt Burton who are going to run the halves. So yeah, a lot of people are going to say that's a, you know that's a drop in, in halves play without the co-captain, Nathan Cleary, not being in the side. But again, you know, I, I think that you're, you're going to see a, a halves partner partnership just you know firing out again now the problem is they're fighting the Melbourne Storm tonight and you're gonna you're fighting a Melbourne team that lost last week and and one thing we know bellyache does not lose two matches in a row often let me say that again Craig Bellamy does not lose two games in a row often and I don't see that happening again I, I think that the storm is going to rally tonight and I think they're going to play some pretty inspired football, even without Pappenhausen. Now, I told you guys that I was going to get into the disaster in Campbelltown. And I want to be careful when I talk here because the West Tigers 
are a team, to me, that are an attack-based team, a team that plays with a lot of flair, a team that throws the ball all around the field, a team that if you talk to anybody that's probably from the age of 25 to 35, they think of the Tigers being this attacking-oriented, Benji Marshall-led, fun team to take in. Um, They're probably going to make some mistakes because that they're so attack-based and oriented, but a team that really, truthfully, is going to make the game fun to watch. And when they made the hiring of Madge, Michael McGuire is their head coach, I can't say that I was the most excited about the move. I think what the higher-ups were thinking is one of the things that the Tigers quote-unquote needed was to have somebody that was going to instill in them a sense of defense first, taking care of the little things, taking care of the minute minute detail, making sure you wrap up, making sure you defend your line strong, all of that type of stuff that some people can say the Tigers kind of let go to the wayside. But I think the identity of the West Tigers has now been compromised. And I think that even though Madge's first season there, so much of their defensive numbers went up and they did play a strong sense of defense, I think Madge lost the Tigers when he benched Benji, I think, round four last year. And I think that the, a lot of the guys inside, that, inside the sheds had no idea what direction Madge was really going for. Because in a lot of people's minds, Benji was playing incredible football. Yes, he had a game where he missed a lot of tackles. But at the same time, you have Benji out there for his offensive prowess. The way that he can guide his team up and down the field. Because he isn't the Benji Marshall from of 2005 to 2012, the 2010 Golden Boot season. That's not the Benji we're watching right now. But he still can do some incredible things. I'm saying just watch what he did for, for the Rabbitohs this last week, I'm saying when Adam Reynolds went down, Benji Marshall came in there, and it wasn't Dylan Walker that was the one that kind of led the, 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 the fireworks out of the halves. It was Benji Marshall. So I, I think Madge starting to do that and then, and, then, and then putting Billy in there now and then and then benching this guy and then moving this guy around here, I think it has unsettled these guys. I think that there are some guys that really have no desire to play for Madge, even though I know that that's not what you're hearing. But these guys have been blown off the park the last two weeks. We're looking at a 46-6 to score this last week. And then a 30-12 to score the week. So at the first two weeks combined, the Tigers are losing 70-18. to 70 to 18. And this is a coach that said he has his pieces in place now for him to do what he needs to do. And I don't know, folks, I don't know, Shedheads, what your thought is, but a 70 to 18 scoreline to start your season when everybody, and I know you can say that Moses Mbai was in the halves, you know, two weeks ago to start the season, but Adam Dewey, the guy who you have as your your halves future, your five-eighths of the future going forward was non-existent. 
It was non-existent. And then I think you've got to come back to the real elephant in the room, and that is Luke Brooks. Now, you've heard me talk before on this podcast about what I think of Luke Brooks. I think Luke Brooks is an all right halfback. I don't think Luke Brooks is the guy that I'm basing the future of my club on. He's not a he's not a leader from voice. He's not going to be the largest vo- largest voice in the room to get your guys fired up. He is a a great component piece if you have another dominant half that he can play off of. If you give him pieces around him, he's fine. But you see what he's doing. I'm saying he's making kicks in these first two rounds that nobody that is making the money that he's making, which is, I think, $850,000 a season, and a guy that your entire leadership structure from ownership down has banked their entire future on. And then you go back to looking. Let's let's remember something, too, about the history of the, this club the last few years. This is the same club that had Ryan Pappenhausen, Mitchell Moses, Teddy, and the great one, the bearded Dynamo. I'm, should I even give you his name? I just need to tell you about the headband, and he's a shark now. And I'm going to let you figure that out. But you should know, because he's still hated in Queensland. But they have all these players. And Luke Brooks. Let's throw Luke Brooks in there. And they got rid of all of them and kept Luke Brooks. So you've got Mitchell Moses. To me, the guy, if, if I was going to have to keep one of those halves back then, it would have been Mitchell Moses. Hands down, I keep Mitchell Moses. I do not let Teddy go. But if I do let Teddy go, I don't let Ryan Pappenhausen go. Because let's, let's be honest, one of these two guys, Ryan Pappenhausen or James Tedesco, will be your starting fullback for the New South Wales Blues come origin time, as long as both of them stay healthy. And the Tigers had both of them. Aaron Woods, okay, I'll give it to you. It was Aaron Woods was the divine beard and headband. You knew that already. But Woodsy, all of these guys gone. And a lot of people were saying, man, the Tigers have a bright future with these young pieces, these young components. Hell, half the reason that Benji left and that they didn't make sure that they tied him down so he couldn't leave to go to Rugby Union and go play for the Auckland Blues was because they were so excited about the Habs pairings. They had. They had Kevin Nagama on the wing. You know, they had excitement. And they looked like, you know, a lot of Tigers fans were excited about the future. And now, instead of that, the Tigers get to look at all of these pieces they had in their sheds that are now origin players for other clubs. I, I, I don't I don't know who allegedly is putting the vision for the West Tigers. I don't know if it's Justin Pascal. I don't know if it's Madge McGuire. I don't know if it's both of their heads together allegedly doing this. But it's not working. And the Tigers are regressing instead of going forward. 
And the Tigers have a rabid fan base. The West Tigers have a rabid fan base. And it looks like you're getting ready to set them up and say, not this year, next year again. They have not been in the playoff shedhead since 2011. And with the start that they've put in right now to begin the season, that's not about to end. That's not about to end. So, even though this was not a top story that that is coming down the pipe or anything like that, this is a hot take. This is me telling you of a real problem that I see and a problem that I think is going to manifest and get even bigger before it gets better. Now I want to talk a little a little AFL footy. Now, one of the reasons we have not gone into great detail about the AFL yet this year is because and for a lot of you who are, are still learning about these games, is that Fox is in a negotiations stalemate with the AFL, and that's Fox US. And that is why on FS1, FS2, Fox Soccer Channel, there have been no AFL cl- games. This is the first year that the, the first game of the season has not been televised, and we didn't have any games this last week. So there is no coverage right now going stateside, which is really sad because this is a game that the AFL was trying to find ways to make sure that the game becomes not just a national pastime, but becomes something that's worldwide. And if you're going to go worldwide, you might want to go into one of the biggest markets in the world, and that is America. So I don't know what needs to be done I know nothing has been finalized yet, but for a game that they've changed rules so it's my more high-scoring and offensive, you're really missing the boat right here. You're really missing the boat because a lot of people who have fallen in love with your games because there was a lot of AFL games that were covered and shown during the pandemic because Australia got it right and got people back on the field quicker than anybody else. So you got people that started following AFL. And then what do you do? You drop that faith, that that thing, this platform you built, and no one can find any of the games. And one thing you can say about Americans, they have fleeting memories. You got to keep pumping the sugar into them or they stop. Okay, no, they'll always remember the sugar. I'm sorry. But you've got to keep making them eat a salad every day for them to say, I need my greens. How about, okay, that's a lot better. But what I'm saying is you can't just all of a sudden disappear. You can't go ghost. Because Americans will find something else to, quote-unquote, take up their time. They just will. And there are not, you have not been in the forefront of the American psyche for people to say, man, I just can't wait to the next AFL season. Where did it go? Because unfortunately, sports are picking up in America for the AFL. So baseball isn't getting ready to get shut down. Baseball is about ready to start. NBA, you know, NCAA basketball is not going to shut down. They're in their tournament. NBA basketball is about ready to come to their firebrand time uh, because the playoffs are right around the corner. NHL hockey is still playing nonstop. So the competition for people's viewership and eyes has gotten intense. And you have now things to compete against to be watched. And the AFL is missing that right now. And, and, you know, Fox doesn't care. They're just trying to get the best deal. But the AFL is missing 
an opportunity to really get into the, the, the water or the bloodstream of America. So we can't go into great detail right now, but what I can let you know is, again, he's one of my guns this week. We're not going to throw a bunch of stats at you this week because this is the birthday edition, but I'm going to give you my two guns of the week. And you do your research because I don't need to say, I'll say a few things about both of these guys. But the guy I'm going to talk about right now, I'll give it away, Dustin Martin. Holy cow. Shouldn't we start to be seeing a little bit of a downswing for Dusty? But Dusty brought, without Kachi, without Trent Kachin, their captain, in the lineup, the Tigers go up against a hungry Carlton club that wants to prove that they are going to be in top eight side this year. And they were right with the Tigers for a while. For a while. Carlton battled. If you're a Blues fan, you should be very excited because this young club has heart. But I said last week, how far will that heart and that youthful passion take them up against an assassin, up against a trained Jedi, up against a club that, how do I say this nicely, just brushes the dust off the rings to add to the ring cabinet. And they did. They competed for a while, for about three quarters of the match. But then again, the cream rises to the top. And it was some of the old guard. Jack! And Dusty. Jack Rewald, again, uh put some lubricant in, in those gigantic tin man legs and he's moving. I think you're going to see Jack play with a lot of passion too because he's not unsettled. The boys are in, sleeping in their own beds. They're not having to go up to Queensland. And then Dusty. I'm saying Dusty took over the game again. Dustin Martin took over the game. And I don't know, it's like the guy has a has a magnet on him and there's a and, and he just draws the ball towards him during the key moments and times. And he did it again, man. He did it again. I had to listen to the match out of Australia on the radio through my computer. But just listening to the announcers paint the picture of what I was supposed to be viewing and seeing. They were blown away. They were blown away just what this guy is able to do and that still does it. And he makes it look he makes it look effortlessly. He makes it look like he's floating in ways. It's it it is brilliant, Shedheads. And make sure you check out um, some highlights for this. But do me a favor. Come together on this and send a message to Fox Sports America and to the AFL and let them know that. You know, this is a great game that we started to watch, and we would really like to continue watching it. Get it done! Get it done. Come to the table and think about the greater good, and that's your fans. The people that are going to put money in your pockets. Think about them. Think about them a little bit. And then, to finish off the 40-20, I, I really, well, we're not going to finish the 40-20, but about my takes here. We're going to talk about the Adam Trelor victory revenge match that he had because the doggies took down that fiery magpie bird 69-53. And you had to feel good for Adam Trelor After everything that he went through, to go back and to get revenge against his old club and to really put the point home, 
I love revenge matches. I love revenge games. Uh, and I, it was nice to see the Magpies fans because they might not always be considered the most friendly individuals um, that you might want to crack open a Carlton uh, or a, a Tui extra dry with. Uh, maybe not. But they gave him definitely more applause than booze uh, with him coming back out because I think everybody knows that he never wanted to leave the prison bars. I don't think... It, uh, no one... No one who knows that club truthfully knows, everyone knows that Adam Trellor wishes he could have stayed with with the Collingwood Football Club. But again, uh, like we all find out, some of us find out because we have our favorite Guernsey or Jersey on, and no matter what sporting club you support, I don't care what sport it is, that there's no guarantee your player is going to be there next season. I'm saying, look at look at the Seahawks. Who would have thought that Russell Wilson would be possibly on the outs with the Seattle Seahawks? I'm saying he's been their best player the last few years. And really, what do the Seahawks do if they get rid of a guy that has been their backbone? You know, I, I don't know. But what I'm saying is there's no guarantee that that quote-unquote all-star is going to be there next year. Unless your name is like LeBron James or, you know, I was going to say Cameron Smith. But even Cam was looking at possibly, you know, playing for for the the Gold Coast Titans or maybe the Brisbane Broncos. Who knows? And there's still rumblings that that he's going to get bored with quote-unquote retirement here in a few weeks and want to come back out of it. I don't know. But we just have to understand that that as fans, there's just no guarantee our favorite player. That's why I always say, unless you're just going to love that player no matter where he goes and you're and, and and even after he leaves your club, he's still always going to be your favorite player. Just play, just buy a blank jersey. <laughs> just buy a blank jersey. Don't put any names on the back of it. So, anyway, Adam Trelor, congratulations for getting over the top, even kicking a goal uh, against the Pies. Uh, I love feel-good stories like that. All right, let's go into our matchups for this week really quick. Get a few picks in, and then we're going to do uh, outside the bubble, and then we're going to close off a... I guess you would say an abbreviated uh, birthday edition because somebody has a little celebrating to do, shedheads. But let's start off tonight. Like I told you, the big match, uh, the Storm at the Panthers. So the Storm again coming up from Melbourne to go to Bankwest Stadium to take on, uh, excuse me, the foot of the mountains. They're going to take, well, I, I swear to God, I saw this was at Bankwest, but you would think they'd be at the foot of the mountains. Either way, the Storm is coming to Sydney. And... Big big outs. Cleary out, and then with a little bit of a neck problem, Pappenhausen's out for the Storm. I am still going with the Storm. And like I said earlier today, earlier in the podcast, I just, I'm just not picking against Craig Bellamy ever after he loses a match. I, I just, I do not want to be the player that is going to get coached up by Bellyache after we lost. And I just don't see that they can handle dealing with bellyache after a second loss. Can't see it. Don't think it's going to happen. No, not happening. So I've got the Storm beating the Panthers. Then on Friday, oh, by the way, that game is on, I think, FS2 tonight. I'll be looking at it, uh, I think, between, about, I think it's a 405 kick, but be, look, look through your guides. Um, then on Friday, we've got the Seagulls at the Dragons. Uh, wow. Desi's going to have to get this back on track. Uh, I, 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 right now, 
no matter how much I love Desi and I, I do like Manly, I don't see them beating the Dragons uh, away from home, away from Fortress Brookie. So I've got the Dragons. Then we've got the Big Tussle. This one, again, is also a game that is on television. So, so far, I, I think the three best games of the round are on TV this week. But the Roosters and the Rabbitohs, the Chooks against the Bunnies, the Hatred of Sydney, let it flow. I've been to one of these matches. Uh, the voice that introduces me every week, the great David Lindsay. Shout out to David. Uh, love your videos, my friend. Keep keep charging, keep raging. Um, and like I, like I said, like I sent you a text earlier. I'm gonna have to tell Cookie to watch his back because there might be a new nine on the horizon for South Sydney. But that being said. I cannot go against the hottest team to me maybe in the competition right now besides maybe Penrith. I'm taking the Roosters over the Rabbitohs in a, another hard-fought match. And then we have the Warriors at the Raiders. Wow. This is going to be some big uglies against big uglies. Um, I think it's going to be a war of attrition. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders. I think, I think it's tough to beat the boys down in front of the Viking clap. Then on Saturday, we've got the Bulldogs at the Broncos. I know there's been a lot of turmoil up in Brisbane. Uh, the old boys are upset. The newer old boys, I guess you can say, are saying to just calm the heck down. Uh, Kevy's trying to hold the whole thing together. Uh, but there's already panic in some people's minds about, about, the, about Brisbane. I'm going to say knock it off because I've got the Broncos beating the Bulldogs. It is, it's, it's up there, it's up in Queensland, please, I got the Broncos. Sharks and the Eels are Saturday night as well, I think this is going to be an incredible match, this match is also on TV, uh, wow, I know Ryan Matheson I do not think is playing, I've got the Sharks in this one, I, I think that the Sharks, I think John Morris has done such an incredible job with the club. I think it's sad how they're yo-yoing the, the man. I think you give him his contract. Uh, I think that he is special. I think I just I just like him, and I think the guys like playing for him. So I've got the shark over the eels. We go to Sunday. Well, here they are, Tigers going up to the hunter playing the Knights. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this Knights, Knights, Knights in that one, and then. We've got the Titans going up to Townsville playing the Cowboys. I don't, let me tell you something. I, I told you, I predicted some special things this year from Justin Holbrook's boys, the Gold Coast Titans. I'm not going, I'm not coming off that train. You just let it keep, let it just, matter of fact, hit it. Okay, I know that sounded like a semi, but that is it. I am still tooting the whistle and my tracks. My, my train is still on the tracks. I'm still on that Titans train. Titans beat the Cowboys, which again is going to make Todd Payton's week even more fun. Going with the guns of the week. I told you we're not throwing you a lot of stats this week, but I am going to say Brett Morris. Brett Morris. Brett Morris is my number one. This 34-year-old who's turning back the clock had another hat trick of tries in their demolition of the Tigers. And I don't know how you can't give my number one star to Brett Morris. Six tries, two weeks. Wow. Really? Do I need to say anything else? And then Dustin Martin. I told you, 
I'm going to say this. I have Richmond and Port Adelaide playing for the championship this year in the AFL. And I don't know I don't know how you pick against Richmond as long as Dustin Martin is healthy and able to play. I think he's that special of a player. I think right now we're watching a guy that I know the AFL does not do immortals, but Dustin Martin, in my eyes, especially if they win another championship in the next year or two, is immortal. He's he's one of those players that the AFL will be talking about for the next 50 to 100 years. That's how good he is. Um, that's how good. And he will have a statue uh, for, for, for Richmond. They're, they, he definitely will be bronzed. So, and by the way, I'm a big fan of bronze. So, yeah, he, he will be bronzed. So, those are my guns. You know, again, Dustin Martin dominating, taking over the game, leading the Tigers on to another victory, and then Brett Morris. You know, I don't need to say anything more about, about that guy. He is, he's turned back the clock. And again, he's maybe one of the reasons why I have them beating the Bunnies uh, on, on, on Friday night. Outside the bubble. I, I really don't have a lot for outside the bubble. It's a really strange time. Again, uh, we're coming towards playoffs. But I'm just going to go in the standpoint of the NCAA tournament again. And I think the one thing that I wanted to really spotlight with the NCAA tournament is how COVID has helped the Blue Bloods find out that there might not be a quote-unquote Blue Blood status in NCAA basketball anymore. Because right now in the tournament, there is no Kentucky, there is no Duke, there is no North Carolina. The Big Ten is flamed out. The only one left in the Big Ten left in the tournament is Michigan. The Blue Bloods of college basketball, the Indianas, Louisville was not in. These programs that have been considered just the benchmarks of college basketball are not even, half of them, over half of them didn't even make it in the tournament. Kentucky, Duke, Indiana didn't even make the tournament. And I think what you're seeing is these clubs are so good that kids say, I want to go put on that Duke jersey. I want to go put on that Indiana jersey. But there's, but these players that are so good are only going to stay at your program for a year. And they're going to the NBA. And I think some of these coaches, your Roy Williams, your Mike Krzyzewskis, these coaches like that, you know, I think that they need cohesion and chemistry to continue implementing their system to be the dominant forces they've been before in the past. And they're not getting it. They're getting guys that they're lucky if they stay two seasons. They're lucky. And and these smaller programs are beating them because guess what? I'm not a five-star recruit. I'm just a guy that was good enough to get college and get a full ride. I might have been a one-star, a two-star, maybe a three-star. And so I've gone to these smaller programs, and guess what I'm doing? I'm staying there for three, four, five seasons if I redshirted my freshman year. And so you're seeing teams, and let me stress that again, that word. You're seeing teams and not just one or two skilled athletes. 
one or two assassins that have come through that have said, okay, I'm a gun for hire. You've got me for one year. Do with me, do with me as you please. But remember, I'm out of here. I'm going to make money. I'm out. And they can't compete. Those clubs like that. I think you saw John Calipari has has lived by the one or two and duns. And this year, they just didn't have anything. Kentucky, Kentucky had one of their worst seasons in memory. And I think you're going to start seeing these, these blue bloods like this having problems more and more and more because they're going to lose to teams that have had their players on the I almost said on the payroll. That's that's a vicious rumor. But these clubs that have had these guys stay for three or four seasons and let their bodies mature and their minds mature with their bodies and with their teammates are going to be the tough teams to beat. And you're seeing that right now in the tournament. You know, and, and then and, and shout out to the Pac-12, the, the conference that's got no respect from the national media out there dominating Kicking Kansas' teeth down their throat. Go ahead, Trojans. Fight on. That type of stuff. And yes, Kansas is a blue blood. I totally forgot to throw them in there. But again, they're a blue blood that's out of the tournament. So my thing is, a team like Gonzaga is the overwhelming favorite to win the NCAA National Championship in basketball. And they were not a blue blood program till about two or three seasons ago, where their coach could go out and recruit all around the country and everyone knew who Gonzaga was. But they are on still on course to be an unbeaten team through the regular season, an unbeaten team in the postseason. But it's going to be tough. I think that these clubs that are remaining are going to really push Gonzaga. Uh, and and I think I think this next weekend is going to be a really really fun weekend to watch some college basketball. So I'm going to leave you guys with that for outside the bubble this week, and then um, you know, not really talk too much this week about LeBron's high sprain ankle um, and what that means for the Lakers. And I think we know what that means for the Lakers. They better just hope to hold on to a five, six, or seven spot in the West uh, because they need AD and they by every means need the King. But that being said, Shedheads, that has been our birthday edition to Outside the Sheds. I'm your birthday Shed Adamus. I appreciate you spending time this week with me on this podcast, on this day. Uh, I enjoy it. I can't really even tell you in words how much I enjoy it. But thank you for tuning in. This has been Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson. You guys stay safe out there. And like I say, uh, don't get caught. Let's just leave it at that. Just don't get caught. But until next week, Shedheads, see ya! And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.